Good morning. It's a beautiful sunny in the old Pueblo. You're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we speak with Mark Martinez. He's a board member and DJ with Downtown Radio, operations manager at the Rialto. He's a concert photographer, and he's the guy to talk to about how local music is going to come out of this pandemic. Today is June 6th. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From May Mountain to U Arizona, and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here at 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android. And to do that, you head over to your app store and get the Downtown Radio Tucson app. Of course, our show is uh, archived on our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. There's a contact button there, uh, and you can reach us that way or on Facebook. And if you like to listen on the go, you can ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. And today we're going to start the show with a... Some news about some late-night downtown innovation. I don't know, uh, it's a little bit past my bedtime, but that 11 a.m., 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. time frame in downtown, as the bars are shutting down after a, a busy night on Fridays and Saturdays, gets a little hectic down there. And uh, the Downtown Tucson Partnership, Tucson Police, and the Merchants Council got together and started to put in some innovative ideas to help spread the crowd out, give everyone a little more room, and make that closing time a little bit more enjoyable and what they've done is they've moved rideshare off of congress and over to sixth avenue so it's right next to the ronstadt transit center and they invited a couple of food trucks in so they food trucks came into the ronstadt center offering uh, late night tacos and coffee until about 3 a.m and then everything was cleaned up and back to business for the bus stations this is a pilot project aimed at making downtown a more welcoming and safe environment for all. And as I mentioned, it's a little late for me, but if you are out there on Friday or Saturday, I'd love to get your feedback on how it went. And uh, I think the pilot's going to run for several weeks. I don't know the exact time frame, but uh, we'll get a sense of how our after party works at the Ronstadt Center. Well, and downtown is getting busier, and part of the reason why is because Music is coming back, and you saw that Rialto and Fox Theater both announced shows coming up later in the summer and into the fall. So we thought it'd be a good time to talk about local music, and as we come out of the pandemic, what's it likely to look like? So we sat down with Mark Martinez. This guy knows music. He knows local music. He works at the Rialto. He is a photographer of uh, mainly music events. He has his own show, actually a couple of shows here on Downtown Radio. He's a board member, and he really is in the know. So we sat down to talk with him about what post-pandemic local music is going to look like for the artist and the technicians. My name's Mark Martinez. I'm the operations manager for the Rialto Theater and also a DJ and board member for Downtown Radio. Downtown Radio, I've heard about that. That's a, that's a community rock and roll station, isn't it? Yeah, it's up and coming, and uh, yeah, you should give it a listen. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will check it out. I um, I understand there's some good music being played there. Hey, um, wanted to chat with you a little bit. We've um, 
done a couple of shows recently. A couple weeks ago, we had on uh, Robin Hun, who who's a um, um, working on a project called the Tucson Vibe and, and focusing on some of our smaller venues. Obviously, Rialto is one of our larger ones, but you personally are, are pretty well connected with with Tucson's music scene. I mean, you 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 photograph you do photography for some of the bands. You you're connected with them. Fair statement. Fair statement. Yeah, I do. Con- I do mostly music related concert photography. Um, that's how I got my start at the Rialto. Um, but yeah, I love to support the local music scene. A lot of my friends are musicians in different various bands, and uh, I'm there not to, uh, you know, I'm not out to make a living or anything. I'm here to support and create a, a vibrant, help create a vibrant music scene for Tucson. So, do you do you? play any instruments are you musically inclined no i've never had the patience to learn i've always wanted to instant gratification on picking up the guitar i want to wail away but now never happened that way so i've always been behind the scenes well i, I appreciate that i'm i'm uh, in the same uh, category of that i love to promote and share but um i have uh, i have zero musical talent but hey when you're talking with um, your friends you got a lot of folks in the local music scene clearly a tough year 2020 and it seems like right now we're, we're starting to get a sense that people are performing again in fact you and i've run into each other at a, at a couple of concerts that have been done outdoors um what what are your music uh friends saying are they seeing positive signs yeah everybody's positive and upbeat and uh, they all realize that you know this past year was a tough for everybody and um most popular question is is when can we start playing and slowly but surely uh bands are coming out um the venues some of the venues are starting to do shows uh trying to be conscious of that we're just coming out of a pandemic and uh, they're doing socially distanced outdoors and uh with the cdc loosening up some of their guidelines it's, it's helping the music scene come back to life and let me ask you, other than the Rialto, which clearly is your favorite, what, what are some of your local venues here that you like to see uh, or you like to hear music being performed? Um, well, Congress has a great little outdoor patio, and they're starting to do music outside also. Um, they've had stuff going on for the last couple of weeks, weekend barbecues on Sundays, and, and I, I love going to that venue. 191 Tool for an indoor venue, the size, it's just great. Um, no matter where you're standing, you can hear everything clearly. It's it's a great venue for music. Well, I one ninety one. I think one ninety one ninety one tool is my favorite place because uh, that gets programmed through um, through Alto Theater, and then you get some of these larger regional bands that come in. But it's such an intimate space. Um, at least pre COVID, it was it was a great place to see a show. I look forward to getting back there. The um, yeah, that was the whole idea of them opening up. Uh, of tool is you know it doesn't make sense to have a band that's only going to draw one to two hundred people inside of a venue that holds eleven hundred people so it's 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 ideal for that smaller scale show uh so in general um let's talk pre pre pandemic for a moment give me a sense of tucson's music scene are you i mean are you you talk to people across the country so how how does tucson rank when it comes to our local music uh, touring bands love coming to Tucson. Um, they can, you just you can't beat the weather. It's it's beautiful. It's warm out no matter what time of year you're here. But just the overall sense of community and uh, 
how the local scene is thriving. There's so many talented musicians here, and there are a lot of the national musicians that are residing or spend some time in Tucson, so they got a feel for how how everything's growing here. And Tucson was doing really well right up until the pandemic hit, and it put a kibosh on just about everything. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, not just music, of course. Um, and then, you know, we suffered through it. There was very little. I think a lot of people tried to do live streaming. Um, were there more albums produced last year because people were able to record, or, or was that was that kind of shut down as well? Um, I don't think, well, with the technology and everybody being able to record at home now, um, that, that helped their creativity flow. But I, I can't say for certain that there are more albums have been released, but I know coming forward, going going forward, um, I got to feel we're going to see a lot more music coming out. But now that people are going to be able to release and tour and support or do shows to support what they've recorded. But in a way, the, the pandemic was a blessing for music creativity and seeing and hearing new music come out. It gave people time to sit back and relax and actually work on product. So you think the, the time off actually might have changed? From, like bands were so busy performing and producing that this gave them a time to kind of rethink their sound? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, people were touring and, and recording music or, or writing music as they're touring, but now, or during the pandemic, there wasn't that distraction of being out on the road and doing shows and then trying to record stuff in between. Um, they were able to focus on that. So I, I got a feeling that we're going to see a lot of music coming out here in the next few months. Um, overall, I feel the music scene is just going to be thriving because people, they sat in their homes for a year. Now everybody's going to want to get out and be entertained and see music and have fun. Amen. I'm, and you can count me in that category. Um, I've sought out and been at a, you know, I went to like the MSA Annex. They had some outdoor stuff. Even uh, Rendezvous Urban Flats, the new um, apartment complex downtown, they've got an outdoor uh, area and they've been programming that with outdoor seating. And, um, you know, it's socially distanced, but it seems like <laughs> over the over the shows, the, the distancing is getting smaller and smaller as the crowds get bigger. So it's probably a reflection of um, vaccinations and CDC guidelines and such changing. Um, but so my specific question, and this is what um, really what I wanted to get your input on, was this sense of, of of how local music will will do coming out of the pandemic. And you kind of addressed that a little bit with with the um, you know your comments there, and I think that the the um, demand is there. But my my thought is, you know, from, you know from like the Rialto perspective, these touring companies usually had huge entourages and they had their own sound people, their own lighting people. They would bring their own uh, bands and they would tour two or three bands, you know, across the country. And I'm not sure that's that's going to continue in that way. I, I don't think it will. It, it may eventually get back to that level, but I, I, I feel that people are going to be cutting back because for a whole year there was no income being generated. And to suddenly put a, this juggernaut of, you know, three tour buses with an entourage and all these tech people, I got a feeling that um, they're going to trim down their crew and work locally, get local production companies to fill their gaps and, and, and it'll produce more 
employment for the music industry locally. And then, you know, if, if a band is, is touring, um, how, how does that work? If you've got a headliner that's touring, and obviously there, there's typically one or two uh, bands that play before them, is it the responsibility of the venue or is it the responsibility of the headliner? How, how do you select those bands that are, that are going to be sort of the warm-up acts? It, it varies. Uh, some artists prefer to tour with musicians or, or bands that they are familiar with or like to handpick what they feel is best represents their style of music quarter uh, show. Um, but I, I think, you know, with them trying to slim down and reduce costs at the beginning that we're going to see local bands um, being utilized more, not just in Tucson, just in the surrounding areas and, and different cities. Yeah, so that's, that was kind of my thought that, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we might be able to see more of our local talent on a larger Rialto stage because there, there, there's a need to fill those, uh, those uh, uh, first couple of acts. Um, so, see, I'm pretty smart. I know what I'm talking about. Of course, it's all, it's all, it's all theory, right? We'll see what, what actually happens. Hey, we'll be back to uh, figure out how smart I am with this interview with Mark Martinez and talk about some future events coming up here um, in the downtown area. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. All right, we're going to finish up with Mark Martinez. Already gone through his music pedigree. The guy's in the know, and he's going to tell us about the future, what's coming up here in the near future with uh, music in Tucson. I know you can't talk too much about any private matters with the Rialto, but do you have a sense as to when we'll start seeing um, that stage get get uh, reactivated? I I got a feeling we're going to be doing something soon. Um, most likely over the summer. The best case scenario is we're going to be open in the fall. Um, that's the plan right now. But we're seeing how trends go, and as long as there's another another surge in cases of COVID and that, that we may be able to open a bit sooner than that. Okay. Um, but we are still moving ahead. We're still uh, negotiating deals and uh, booking shows and uh, with the intention of putting those shows on as long as nothing else changes those plans. Yeah. Amen to that too. You know, it's uh, it's still tenuous. You, you've got to get, um, you got to get through so many different layers of, of, uh, of safety uh, here that I was talking to. Somebody. Right, and, it, and it's not just as easy as just booking a show and opening your doors. There's a lot of planning that goes into into the production and, and getting everything ready and making sure everybody's safe inside the venues. And when you, and when you, and this is, I was talking to someone at a different venue and, and they were saying, you know, when you launch, you can't just, okay, we've got a couple people coming in. You have to program it out and so that you have to find people that are willing to tour and get you know when are they going to be in Tucson and 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 coordinate all of that and then start to fill in the you know the rest of it and and, and right now there's not a sense as to uh, how much out there um, the large the large groups are, are actually beginning to tour there's I don't think there's a sense of uh, a certainty that that you're going to have a, enough inventory to uh, to fill the stage regularly. Yeah, um, I mean it's the slow steps going forward and and. If we, even if we open soon, it's not going to be gangbusters. It's going to be a slow build up until people are comfortable with touring and, and putting on shows. Um, what's nice about Tucson is is we're kind of in a major corridor for bands and tours that are driving across country, going from Texas to the West Coast and so on. And we're 
a stop. We're a stop along the way, and uh, we'll see shows happening. Fantastic geography. Look at that. Working, yeah. Working in our favor. Location, location, location. <laughs> a couple things about the Rialto. So it's a, it's a, it's a nonprofit organization. Um, how, how are you sustaining yourselves uh, without any revenue from the, from the shows? What can people do to help? Um, well, with us being a nonprofit, so any donations made to the theater, they are tax deductible. Um, we are doing the gallery project right now, um, getting people in. And you can buy merch. You can buy some of the prints that are on display. You can spend a few dollars out on our bar outside. Um, tell, tell us about the gallery project, a little bit more details about that. So what it is, is instead of, you know, the theater's been closed for a year, and we wanted to do something without uh, having a show, but just showing the, the Tucson, that the Rialto's still here. So um, myself and uh, Elliot, Cynthia Elliot, uh, have been the house photographers for the last forever. <laughs> and um, Ryan Trade, who's our graphic designer, has produced some of the concert po- uh, posters that we have. So uh, they've organized everything and put them on display as a photo exhibit. And it basically shows the history of the Rialto going back quite a few years. Um, concert photos, uh, it, it's just amazing. It's, it's cool to see some of my work on display like that alongside Elliot's work and Ryan's uh, posters. And everybody that walks through is, is thrilled to be able to, to see the, the memories. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I took a tour of that when it, you know. I think one of the first weekends it was open, and I, you know, I, I know about the Rialto, but I was I was really surprised with the the history and the huge names that have come through Tucson and played at the Rialto Theater. It's amazing uh, the history that's in that building. Yeah, what's unique is is just the size of the venue. It's not small, but it's not a large venue, so it just fits that niche in between. That when bands are, are up and coming, they're able to play a venue like the Rialto. And um, yeah, we've seen the Black Keys come through, um, all kinds of bands, uh, My Morning Jacket, bands that you normally wouldn't see in that size of venue or, or in Tucson itself, unless they're playing the arena or a much larger venue. Uh, well, it, it was fun to watch that. And the gallery project, that's ongoing until you open, or is there a timeline for it? Right now, we have it booked through July, and uh, we're going to reevaluate that soon to see where we're at and um, how, if we're going to extend it and, and what it's going to include. But we've uh, in May, we included some uh, photos for the Blues Festival. In, uh, in June, we are going to integrate some stuff from the Folk Festival. And in July, we're integrating uh, photos uh, from the Jazz Festival. Oh, so you're saying I got to go back? It's changed. You you have to go back. I don't think I can afford to go back. That's a pretty expensive ticket. How much are you charging for those entry fees? Uh, actually, all you need to do is either make a reservation in advance or just show up at the door. Oh, it's free, huh? Yeah, there and, you go. And it's Fridays and Saturday. Love Sat- that word. Fridays and Saturday nights, correct? Is that the only time you do it? It's Friday and Saturday night from six to nine. Well, if you're downtown grabbing a little bite to eat, looking for something to do, um, highly recommend stopping in there. And then, Mark, I want to leave, uh, I want to just wow people with uh, your music knowledge. So tell me a little bit about you as a DJ and some of the shows, because you've got a couple of shows happening here on Downtown Radio. So tell us a little about the the theories behind those. Well, I do uh, three different shows, and uh, the 
one that I've been doing the longest is the Friday 5 to 7 p.m. It's called the Music Alchemy, and it's just a general rock mix, uh, variety styles of rock and roll, just live and outtakes and whatnot. Just uh, the way I describe it is uh, some great rock and roll to get your weekend started. Um, Sunday nights, I do a progressive jazz rock fusion, and uh, that runs 7 to 9 p.m. It's called When Worlds Collide, and like the description, we just explore the different worlds where jazz and rock bands uh, combine and create some uh, great music. It's not your traditional jazz that you would think of. Um, it's more electrified and very good, good stuff. And uh, Tuesday nights, I love doing the show. 60s and 70s B-sides, rarities, deep cuts, and live tracks called The Time Warp, Tuesdays 9 to 11 p.m., Man, you are you are uh, one busy person, and in, in all this uh, for for nonprofits, I like your Sunday show. Um, uh, I, I like how you put it out there, and you're like, "Don't let the word jazz or fusion scare you away." <laughs> yeah, you just might hear something you like. That's yeah, it's uh it's definitely a unique show. It's on a great station, uh, doing wonderful things in our community. Mark, you personally are heavily invested in making Tucson a great place to uh, hear and perform music, and really want to. Uh, hope people recognize how much you do for our community, and uh, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate it greatly. Well, is there anything we didn't cover? Something that you thought we should uh, get out there for for folks? Any hidden gems or anything that coming up on the radar here that uh, you think should be uh, um, shared? Just just keep an eye on the uh, the Rialto and One Ninety One Tool schedules because we got some exciting things planned. And uh, when things start rolling, please Tucson. Don't be shy. Come on out and, and see a show or two. And I'm assuming you're still going to be doing those memberships where you can get uh, some of them I know included tickets and um, and things like that. So you're, I'm assuming that's all still going to be available? Yes, memberships are available. They're currently available at the photo gallery also. And uh, since we're a nonprofit, we uh, offer memberships, annual memberships at various levels that give you a little bit of perks. Uh, a lot of them are advanced ticket notices. Uh, some do include free tickets. All depends on the level of uh, membership you choose. So, if you buy a, a membership now, does that it, it does the clock start, or are you guys doing sort of like an extension for um, if there's a year membership and you're not going to be shows for a few months? Is are you extending that, or is it just a, it is a one year thing and you're just really contributing to a great cause? It is an annual membership, but because we are currently closed, we are um, or technically closed for music at least. Um, no matter when you purchase your membership, uh, your it will automatically begin when we open our doors for the first show. Oh, so if you're thinking about getting a membership, get it now. Get some money into the nonprofit coffers, and uh, you're still going to get your full year once things uh, start start rolling. Right, and something to keep in mind is, you know, we've been closed for a year. We have had no income coming in, so we're going to need a little bit of boost to help uh, book some of the shows. And to get a show into the venue, we have to lay out a certain amount of, of money in deposits and so on, advances for the artists. Well, then there's the call. If you're interested in getting live music uh, back into Tucson, you want to see the Rialto activated, we got to do our part. We got to reach out, get our memberships, and, and do those things so that we can uh, help you uh, help us. Love it. We'll, it's a community effort. If you are uh, watching the uh, websites uh, in the last couple of weeks, the Rialto has announced several concerts coming up later on this year. This uh, this interview with Mark was filmed um, 
a few weeks ago and since then they've made some announcements of those dates so get your uh, memberships get your tickets and start supporting the Rialto the Fox and uh, let's make downtown that vibrant place that it was in 2019. My name is Tom Heath and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. Thanks to Mark Martinez here on episode number 154, talking about the future of local music after the pandemic. And coming up next Sunday on Life Along the Streetcar, we've got Helen Gomez, the uh, director of Ben's Bells. That organization has had an impact in Tucson for a couple of decades now, and we're going to hear the story of how it formed and uh, things that they've got going on in the future, including a big event coming up in June. So tune in next Sunday for that. And also head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for any of our past episodes and uh, share us on Facebook and give us a little feedback if you like what we're saying and let us know if there's people we should be chatting with. And then today, stay tuned to 99.1 FM for the whole day. We have Ted Ski with Words and Work coming up next, and then it's Ty Logan with Heavy Mental, and we start our uh, Sunday non-rock and roll music mix right after that with some really good shows. No reason to change the dial at all today. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and I hope it encourages you to come back next Sunday for another Life Along the Streetcar. Until then, we're going to leave you in honor of Mark Martinez, a.k.a. Max Webster. We're going to leave you with a little music from Max Webster, 1977. This is On the Road. On the road.